1: let's go
0: what's up everybody welcome back to bingetown tv and our coverage of amazon primes the wheel of time so this is going to be episode four daughter of the night so we got what well, we got the first three episodes last week we had a agonizing wait one week for episode four to come out um now we're back to this kind of weekly drop that amazon likes to do so we'll be covering these once a week. And we learned a lot in this episode. I think that it's in our best interest to just dive in. The only caveat or little comment I'll make is that the way we cover these episodes is we break them into kind of story buckets. So we'll start off with Perrin uh, and Elias. We'll move to kind of Matt and Min, White Tower, et cetera, et
2: cetera. So we won't
0: talk through the show chronologically, but they'll kind of weave together um, in the end.
2: Nice. You said weaved. Yeah,
0: the wheel weaves as the wheel wills, baby. So first one we'll cover is just going to be kind of a standalone scene that obviously we'll connect back to at the end. It's going to be our boy, the father of lies is Shamael. This was a pre-released content scene that kind of blew people's minds like two days before the, uh, the season dropped. So him walking through a cavern, which in my opinion, looks suspiciously familiar, uh, begins chanting in the old tongue. He channels, he breaks what looks to be a moon dial uh, and another seal and reveals a woman covered in blood that he we, we hear the name Landfear in this he says a little bit more i'm just curious opening scene of this episode obviously pretty dark what was going through our heads
2: um uh, my first thought was when he looks up i was trying to think was this in the old city that got taken over
0: that's exactly what i thought as well from season one we get yeah. that uh, land, yeah, land exactly. city you, oh
3: no. you know are you talking about, about- Logoth, or are you talking about malquier
0: no admit- the, the place from the age of legends the flashback the oh, like the, the buildings
2: the city that got taken over by like nature it turns into it. greens so I don't know that's what at least what I thought it looked like and then I had Kyle what were the exact chance that he was saying like I need I need to know exactly breakdown to break breakdown over the words no subtitles mind you <laughs> so
0: did we get the whole thing later on I we can do it right now too because we'll talk about it again But it is, let me find it. Okay, so the first half of it is in the Old Tongue. It's daughter of the night. She walks again. The ancient war she yet fights. A new lover she seeks who shall suffer and die, yet serve still. Who shall stand against her coming? The shining walls shall weep. Blood feeds blood. Blood calls blood. Blood is, blood was, and blood shall ever be. And then the little bloody hand of whoever this woman is. Obviously, we know at this point, but at the time we don't. Reaches out, and Shamiel grabs it.
2: Fuck, yeah. Oh, my God. It's, <laughs> it's so good.
1: I mean, I just feel like a fucking idiot. I mean, that's what I was telling Kyle. I told Luke off pod. It's just <laughs> I feel so stupid. Like, I just look back on these things. I'm like, how could we have not pieced this together? I think maybe Paul, like, briefly, briefly in one of the episodes was like, ah, Selena could be a dark friend. It was just never brought up ever again mm-hmm. for us. And I just feel so dumb for not being able to put it together even when I'm watching the episode and like the opening scene, this scene happens, I'm watching and I'm like, this means nothing to me. I didn't even piece together that it was even like going to be Celine when she's coming out of like uh, when she's all covered in blood and she's revealing herself. Like I didn't even think that was Celine. Then I was watching with Alki who in the next scene we see Celine was like, she's definitely a dark friend. And then I was like, oh my God, if he's fucking right about this and we never (laughs) talked about this on the (laughs) podcast, like I'm going to kill myself. And of course that was what happened. But Amazing opening scene here. This show just continues to do it for me. I am obsessed with it. I, I just we <laughs> obviously know she's. Are they called forsaken? I can't remember yeah. now. Yes. Is she a forsaken? Yeah. Okay, it's yeah. not. She gets it at the end of the game. episode. Okay, yeah. I just i I want more of these forsaken. I want all of this content just immediately. Like it's just so good.
3: Yeah that that was a great opening scene. A cold open. And just for what it's worth, Dave, like in the books, anything Rand, anything forsaken was always what I clung to the most. So this was just amazing. And I'm so happy that this reveal is out there because you guys have no yeah. freaking idea how hard and how much anxiety I had thinking I was going to call Celine landfear at some point, just like constantly. Anytime I talked, to her, I would look at my notes, like look back at the camera, look back at my notes just in case because I was so scared I was going to ruin this reveal I'm shocked they did it mid-season. I'm okay with it because it was an amazing scene and like how she came out all bloody and like how creepy it was terrifying and that's exactly how I want my forsaken and it does seem to be a little bit different than how we got introduced to this concept in the book so I think it's going to be better how they're showing it like each of these forsaken might be at different locations. I don't know if that's what they're going for or even if that was the OG seal that was broken and he was under I don't really know. I'm sure we'll get more of it as we see more forsaken but that was a great way to visualize it and it was terrifying and she looked amazing with just the blood and just like how she came up i was
1: all in and and now we can officially just keep calling her land fear ishmael anytime ishmael is on this like the screen it's literally like my ass is on the very edge of my (laughs) seat i'm just like this guy just moves plot he's the his new nickname should be the mover of plot because he's just (laughs) the fucking added man. Onto the list yeah father yeah,
0: lies betrayer of hope mover <laughs> of plot yeah he's are shaking
3: her so... epic man they're just I like so and great. i guess
1: if we're going to talk about the whole scene too i mean me and Lou kind of briefly talked about it before we um got on recording here but are
0: you going to jump into like the Rand stuff at the end no no no, no. i'm just talking oh, okay. about this
1: scene here is yeah, um yeah. when ishmael releases um her name Land. land fear land fear
0: land fear yeah and she was basically land basically Lan is afraid of her so it's land fear yeah.
1: okay that's legitimately how i thought you were saying it yeah. okay um but uh, the only obvious thing to me here was that when ishmael releases her quote-unquote it's eerily similar to what exactly happens with Rand and ishmael at the end of season one like the 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 bright lights the crackling of um i already forget the the resource name Parson or coin uh, uh, dr yeah um and it just was eerily similar to that so it was just really cool how it just is showing us that what rand did in end season one was release him not just capture him and it just was eerily similar to that and kyle thoughts just
0: what are we thinking oh it's so good one of the criticisms is Criticisms that people have of the books. And this is not something I notice because I'm a terrible critic when I read things because I'm just immersed and things happen. And I'm like, yeah, of course that's that makes sense. Um, but the the Forsaken kind of just pop up Mm -hmm. a lot of the times. We don't get this back, like obviously we assume at some level that this is happening in the background, but we don't get like a you know an inside track to it, a POV or anything like that. Mm -hmm. So this was a great addition to the story. I think it's so interesting. To think about Shamil kind of going one by one and trying to kind of, quote unquote, unlock all of them. It's really fun. And it was funny to me is that when they posted this clip, people who didn't like season one, who kind of have that you know jerk reaction, initial reaction that everything's bad, were like, oh my God, they're changing the magic system. So they need to do incantations, which was just like... The most negative interpretation you could have ever had to this scene so that was funny that obviously that is not what they did and it was just him reciting this prophecy prophecy rather so this did it for me for sure
3: this was an upgrade from how the books did it full send full stop
0: percent yeah all right so the first storyline we're the first storyline we're going to tackle is going to be perrin the most isolated of the storylines they don't kind of weave into anything else beyond himself so there are two kind of self-contained scenes. They, they're they very related to each other. So basically, um, the two of them, Elias and Perrin, are getting more space from the Sean Chan because last episode, Elias breaks Perrin out of the caravan. And Elias begins to explain more about Perrin's powers, I guess, and his powers as well to Perrin and Perrin's kind of just a little bit of flabbergasted. He's trying to pick everything up as it comes, but we do get a lot of answers to questions I thought we had here. So two scenes, we can just talk about all of it together. Just oh, my like
2: God. Oh.
1: <laughs> I just love...
2: I want to talk first, Dave.
1: God. No, I just go. really quickly just want to say, I love that he calls out Perrin for freaking out. He's like, am I going to turn into a wolf? Which yeah. was an immediate theory that me and Paul had, and we're just <laughs> wondering if that's going to... And it, it felt like Don't it was be ridiculous. Sh- that was <laughs> like a meta line right there. For sure. Yeah, <laughs> it, was. it legitimately felt <laughs> yes. like this was the show, just like they knew that new watchers were going to assume he was just going to be a werewolf, so I thought it was just really well-placed and love the interactions with um, Perrin and Elias here. Just really building their relationship of what there is already like very little of but it's just cool seeing that Perrin does actually have someone he can relate to hearing the intricacies of how he's been calling out to these other yeah. wielders of this power and and the wolves on, themselves yeah and the wolves himself and he's been subconsciously doing it Elias says like you know you've been doing this for months now which I thought was very interesting and I just, I love this plotline. I just have not been a fan of Perrin's plotline all that much up until this point. But I think it's really starting to run full steam ahead with Elias here.
2: Holy shit, this was amazing. I mean, (laughs) it was such a little like time on the screen, but every single sentence was like info dump. Mm -hmm. And this was so much better than I ever could have imagined for what like the visions that he was seeing and like. The images and unless they're two different entities but it seemed like they literally if one wolf sees something they can just send it to the whole pack and it says you'll learn what they mean and how to send them later on as you go do it so it's just just such a cool concept um the fact that he's like what's his name like ah he'll show you when he's ready like that's just fucking awesome Hopper when I the fact that I literally asked you what the wolf's name was <laughs> on uh episode 3 and and now it comes like his name is an actual thing that's mm-hmm. hysterical yeah so yeah.
0: And you had said too, I was like, I can give you his name, but like his real name, I I looked it up, kind of pulled it from the books, but like just a description that they have of Hopper is Hopper, the cub who had watched the Eagles soar and so badly wanted to fly through the skies as the Eagles did. The cub who hopped and jumped and leaped until he could leap higher than any other wolf and who never lost the cub's yearning to soar through the sky. So it's like when he says like Hopper and and Elias is like close enough, like that is Mm. like they communicate through like instinct and feeling. So, like, that's, yeah. like, the feeling of his name is, like, that, like, mm-hmm. want to jump and fly okay. and stuff like that. So, Perrin is just interpreting as Hopper and now he's just Hopper. That's okay. incredible. Yeah. That makes and, me
1: feel better about the name because, personally, they said Hopper and I was like, that is like not what I was expecting. I was kind of yeah. maybe expecting some, you know, ancient name, not just yeah. like Hopper was, straight up. So, I was a little disappointed, yeah. but that helps me appreciate it a little bit more that it's not, like, his actual name, I guess. It's more so just, like, it's basically parents
0: interpretation of like what's going on
1: yeah very rudimentary obviously
0: because you know life says like you'll learn to interpret things like in the book i was so curious at how they were going to do this i think it's awesome i like i thought it was cool when the buck's like running through and at first i was like what the hell is this and then he explains what it is and i'm like dude yeah that's actually a really good way to visualize it because they just like send thoughts and like they actually have their own language so like you know like Like small thing with lots of horns is like a porcupine, and like they send that thought to Perrin in the books, and he like has to interpret it himself, and like even says in the POV like this, that's not what they said, but that's what I'm getting from it, type of deal. So I thought they visualized this really well.
3: I'm really happy that we finally coined what the term that they're going to be called is Wolf Brothers. So that's just what they're known as, Elias and Perrin, whatever. So we can just use that as the term whenever we're talking about their abilities and. This kind of connects to one of the cooler things about Wheel of Time, where channeling and the power is so centralized to the story. It's by far the most important magic system that is in Wheel of Time, obviously but the cool thing about this world and it being like a soft magic system is there's these other random abilities and because we don't have too many characters that are involved with them they're just soft magic like we don't know much about and I'm think talking about things like wolf brothers and things like min's ability like there's these random abilities that just pop up every once in a while and it really just makes it high fantasy for me and it's just awesome that like the fact that all the ice die are around and studying the power is the only reason we know anything about channeling otherwise it would be like wolf brothers and uh whatever men's ability is where we're only getting it through like one or two people who don't know how to study it so it's just cool that we're finally getting to like really have all the groundwork established for this world and all these crazy magic systems but kyle you said the one thing about how cool it was to see the deer vision. Cause yeah, that was really awesome. How they communicate our other friend, Billy, who actually watches the show and he read all the books um, before I did. He's always been talking to Kyle about Wheel time. He recently texted us and he hasn't seen the screener. So he's only seen the first three episodes. He's not happy with how they're doing the parent abilities. And I can't imagine a way they could have really captured the book, like how Kyle just went on about the naming convention in the book, it makes sense. You can write it like that. How are you going to show that or describe that in the show? Like this is almost to me the best way they could have done it. And I'm completely satisfied with Perrin's abilities and the wolf brother stuff. And obviously I love Elias. This is why Elias gave us such a visceral reaction is because he does things like this. And Paul, like he's info dropping all the time. Anytime he's with Perrin, like he's such like a scene stealer in the book whenever he's around. Cause he's just up to crazy shit and he, he knows, but he doesn't talk a lot. Like all of it's great. That's why we got so hyped. But yeah, overall, I think the parent storyline is like this. Is it's my boy? I'm I'm happier this far into the story with Perry's storyline than I was in the book. So that's just yeah. a win in itself.
2: It's great. It's definitely picking up steam, like you said, Elias. Just definitely moves everything along. Mm-hmm. He could be fucking the mover of plot. Mover of plot. <laughs> yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. He, uh, I mean, he was Perrin's great. And, <laughs> yeah. Well, at least parents plot. We we learned a few more things. One i just hysterical that perrin needs to cook his meat and elias is like you'll get over it you yeah. know, it's you're the newbie uh and then two the new, at the very
0: the new liver king perrin. yeah
2: yeah eat everything fresh
1: <laughs> i said the same thing to Alki yeah. when we were the raw testicles yeah. for
0: <laughs> right all testicles Perrin,
2: right yeah right off the bone and then at the very end when he says that we don't go near women who can channel you know they don't like things they don't understand yeah, like every other human. That was cool because like Dave said earlier, they've been following him for a while. And parent has been sending him sending all of them images, especially of, you know, his wife. So he can't hide that anymore. He can't pretend like that never happened. It's and just overall so cool.
3: That also that line about the women studying, they don't like things they don't understand. That also connects to men, right? Like that's why she thought she was, you know, she was running from the eyes of originally. But um Another cool thing, too, that this scene really did was it doesn't retcon, but it adds and in hindsight will like better the wolf rescue from season one, because Elias says, you didn't see me on screen, but I was there. I was the one that helped you. And that's really cool because I was begging for Elias to show up in season one because that's how early he's supposed to show up. But now when you rewatch it, you can just like in your head know he is around and he's there waiting for Perrin's wolf brother abilities to kind of flourish. So that was a really good line. And I, I think they did a good job with that.
1: Again, the reveals that Wheel of Time keeps bringing us. Just the fact that, like, it was him that There's was so many. Yeah. The, the the fact that it was him who brought the wolves to when him, uh, Perrin and Egwene were getting tortured by the White Cloaks. Like that was like, that's so cool because in the moment you just totally think it's Perrin with these new powers that you have no, nothing, I no idea about. And it's just really awesome that they're the reveals are just amazing from this show. And one last yeah. thing I want to talk about really quickly is just, I just am. Latching on to the uh, Ishmael, I I was about to say the dark one, Ishmael's comments to Perrin, I think it was last episode about how he pretty much wants Perrin to embrace the powers, which I still am just like clinging on to that because is Perrin's powers the same as Elias's? Are they different? Like, is Elias also working with Ishmael? Is it because Perrin again got the injury from the Trollocs that he, <laughs> his specifically are being targeted by the Dark One? I'm just going to keep latching on to that. But I'm just thinking about like how these powers come into existence. Are they like, is it birth? Like, are they born with it? Do they acquire it later on from some event that happens? Just more information that I'm really looking forward to getting into, especially with Elias being here with Perrin. Um, but just latching on to that Ishmael comment to Perrin in the last episode. All right. I have, I
0: think, two things. And I feel like every time I say that, I always end up with one more. But, Paul, I really like your point about how, like, acknowledging now that all the wolves have seen Perrin and Layla and know that that's happened. I think that, like, that's a good way or a good storyline going forward of, like, that's maybe going to help him accept what he's done. You know, he can't hide it longer anymore. You know what I mean? I guess at this point, it was only him and Egwene that knew that he knew of, I guess. So now, you know, all of these quote-unquote people friends companions know about it i feel like that might be a lift off of him
2: i almost cried when he said hopper lost his mate too i was like no not 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 hopper <laughs> and that leads me perfectly to my second point is that so if the wolves have names do you think that Perrin
0: and elias will get Do you think hey, elias has a name and you think Perrin will get a name
2: oh my god well now i do <laughs> i mean i originally didn't think that up but now
0: i mean they got to think of him in some way right
2: hell yeah they're gonna is he gonna be like wave of leaf or something like that like leaf yeah it'll just be leaf. falling leaf
1: or something leaf erickson
0: <laughs> okay so we got fall for falling leaf and dave comes in hot with leaf erickson <laughs> yeah there we go
3: all I'll say is falling leaf is the right way to think about yeah, how wolves sure would I mean, name
1: people based off the <laughs> yeah. form techniques that Kyle was talking about last episode as well Falling leaf sounds up the alley of the way they talk in these kinds of situations. Yeah, but we gotta talk think about how wolves talk. True. Yeah. Howl at the moon.
3: Again, <laughs> not that's much better than your first pass. <laughs> All right. Lee yeah.
2: Ferrickson.
0: Lee, Lee Ferrickson. We will we'll get Elias' name. Elias' name is sick. It's definitely the coolest one of any. the oh, okay. So <laughs> yeah. it's fucking sweet. Doesn't surprise me. I, I won't ruin it now because I'm hoping they get to it. Um, but if they don't, we'll fucking cross every get there in like eight years.
2: I hope it's like man killer or something like that. It's just like slaughter. <laughs> look at that. Wife, look at that. Long
1: nah, Wife killer. Wife. Yeah. <laughs> His name's wife killer. Good one.
2: All right. So
0: continuing this thread of of powers that aren't the one power and channeling, we're gonna move into Min and Matt's storyline. Very quickly, two scenes, one casual lighthearted, one very intense. Uh, The casual lighthearted one is just Min and Matt kind of gambling together, playing cards at the table. Um, Min obviously has these ulterior motives. She speaks with the bartender. We learn she's going to meet someone in the attic. Only comment I have on this little playful scene is that Matt's charm is just really still on display here. I feel like Donald's doing a fantastic job of being this kind of Matt. Um, And then, poof, the the Men Nightmare, again, like you said, mover of plot. I mean, this guy is just fucking fantastic. My one note is all caps. Just I love Ishmael. Mm-hmm. This is just he, he honestly, I he, I might like him better in the show than the books. Forsaken, she... man.
3: Forsaken steel scenes. That's what they're in the plot for. They just stealer every, of
0: scenes. Stealers of scenes. <laughs> father of lies. Mover of plots. <laughs> uh, that's
3: great. I,
1: you're absolutely right. I mean, this was something that completely shocked me. So this was a, a real reveal for us that, in some way, Leandrin is working with Ishmael, the dark one, however you want to think of it. Um, Because obviously, we know Leandrin was sending Min and Matt to this location, or at least you know somewhere around here, and they were going to meet up with someone. We didn't know it was going to be Ishmael. And I just, when I saw him, I, I, I'm I'm getting chills because I just. I don't, what is Leandrin's part in all this? You know, like, I really don't think she was the one that was at the beginning of, like, the beginning of this season at the table. Like, I don't think that was her Aes Sedai ring that was at the table. I'm, in my head, I'm kind of thinking that we've seen how much Leandrin loves her son and, like, how far she's willing to go for him. In my head, I'm kind of thinking she's not maybe a dark friend. She is just working with Ishmael because Ishmael can promise her to, you know, cure her son of whatever illness it is, maybe make him live as long as she can as well, because that was something they had me- talked about. Again, I'm confusing all these episodes, but yeah, that was last like, episode. Yeah. Where she's talking about how we just outgrow all of our loved ones. So I- oh, I'm thinking that actually happens. this episode. Later, but yeah. yeah. So I'm just thinking here that she's just striking a deal per se with Ishmael to get her son cured or healed, whatever you want to think of it. But it sounds yeah. like
0: textbook, dark friend behavior.
1: Yeah. Damn. I'm- yeah, That's, but like, uh, I don't know. I'm not I'm not willing to put her in the dark okay. friend category just yet. You're not
0: willing to scrawl the uh dragon's claw on her or the dragon's not, fang not rather yet. on her front door. Yeah, no, not yet. I
3: like it because I feel like they're they're pushing you. Is it a red herring or is it happening? Like or, or is you know, so I like that you're thinking like that.
2: No, I definitely dig that a lot, Dave. I didn't think about that. I did say last episode, like maybe Leandrin was trying like a dark friend or something like that, but I didn't connect it to what would she would get out of it. And her son is just like a great example, especially this episode. Exactly what she said. Like, there's nothing we can do about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Ishi probably can, you know, he can do a lot of shit. He can probably help out. Um, so yeah, this whole the, like him and men conversation just, I mean, like you said, I think this was <laughs> a nightmare. Yeah. Like you just dream every night and Ishi's just going to pop up and be like, yeah, what's up, dude. How are you doing mentally? You sure you don't yeah. wanna? You <laughs> Let sure, me just you ruin sure you your don't...
0: mental psyche real quick. Yeah,
2: like come on, just do what I say, and that's what he was trying to get men to do to bring her to car- Carrion.
0: Yeah, Carrion, Carrion,
2: We'll um, get there eventually. Which is In pronunciation, so,
0: obviously not location. We've been there before,
2: and I didn't say this earlier, but I there's something so niche about like i want the addict and there's going to be somebody else that asks for it i'm just like that's so cool they don't have room numbers and they're gonna they're not gonna be like like yeah just have you seen somebody like a, you need something special so the attic where nobody wants that was perfect i love that it's just really good to see matt gambling again <laughs>
0: yeah he's so right back on the horse
1: yeah so I'm, i love matt so far he is definitely Quickly, just skyrocketing up the ladder for favorite characters. Which, like I say, that is so much. He's not gotten a ton of screen time. I'm really
0: hoping it changes because we've only gotten little kind of pepper and sprinkles of him. Hopefully, that'll change moving forward as we kind of, if Min takes him to Kyrian. But I love Matt as the character, so I'm hoping that that's kind of the truth moving forward.
3: And that was one of my biggest bullet point notes just for the episode as a whole is that I'm starting to feel the lack of Matt screen time, and that needs to change sooner rather than later. Uh, it's fine because it is technically in line with the books of how much relevant screen time he gets, but it's time to start making us really love this character and get to see this new actor. Like we need to start solidifying him more than just this side characters. That's all he really feels like right now. Uh, but a couple things I want to add on Paul, you getting some um with the request from Ishi to to have Min bring Matt to Kyrian, a little bit of like convergence, Malazan. Vibes a little bit. (laughs) We're kind of all like going in that direction, is what it seems like.
2: Yeah, power seeks power uh, in the end.
3: That's what it feels like. If and again, this is all different from the book. So, me and Kyle can say things like predictions about where the short-term plot's going to go without spoiling anything, because we don't know how this is really going to go. But that is how I'm thinking we're going to probably end season two. Is the majority of our characters, maybe not all of them, are going to at some point end up in Kyrian. and I feel like that could happen sooner rather than later. Uh, so I'm really excited for that. And the one thing I liked that Ishmael was saying to her was that she he was labeling her abilities as a curse, and rather than like powers, around. yeah, exactly. So, is that wordplay? Is that manipulation? Is that a is that a hard rule? Just something to like look out for of just how Ishmael treats all these sorts of things.
2: Yeah. I definitely feel like he's doing it on purpose. Like he's like, "Yeah, oh, that's really a gift, but I'm gonna make you think it's a curse and highlight all the shitty parts of it." he's the father of lies yeah he's oh yeah and he should be like freaking freddy krueger he just infiltrates dreams (laughs) apparently
0: i thought they shot this just fantastically like the, mm. the chaos of the beginning of it seemed like her having kind of a dream of her past of her aunts using her for her power to fortune tell and she has to try to break all these terrible things to people or hide them and lie and then he just chaos just stops and it's just him saying open your eyes mm-hmm. and then like every now and again he's talking it like it cuts very quickly and like kind of like glitches out and then he's back it, it just was so good i really love the the line the one line is for some things the dark is the only place to turn which is just hell yeah that got fucking goosebumps from me mm-hmm. and then i won't help you hurt anyone very calmly you will and then i won't let you hurt matt you might I just like <laughs> he's just like the fucking man. It's so good. I love this characterization and version of him. It's, it's so the
3: forsaken great. how terrifying they are. And like yeah. you just he flexes his power with just like a snap. And it's just amazing that you can feel that because like the only person we've seen be able to touch this amount of power is Nynaeve Loghain and Rand. That's really it. Like everybody else gets their ass handed to him by just like a flick of the fingers. So it's just awesome when they're terrifying because the tension level feels real. And that's
1: great from our main bad guy subgroup. I'm glad you brought up his powers. Cause that was my other comment that I was going to make is that because Moraine specifically does say like to Lan that he was able to take away my powers with just the flick of the wrist. And mm-hmm. here we can see him with the flick of a wrist, just turn off men's powers and kind of manipulate her to thinking what he wants. And just number one character man like he's just smitty (laughs) smitty werben jägerman jensen like his when he dies at the end of the series which i'm assuming is going to happen like i'm going to i'll build him his grave of number one just (laughs) i really love the dark you just
0: have you have no idea what's in store
1: for his i I don't i really don't it's
3: just like bellatrix running into harry in year one it's like you can't do anything against like the number two for the dark side right it's just so cool to see this it's the
1: man
2: yeah all right any final takes sound like those were some final takes um just the last thing kyle like you said seems like men might actually care about matt a little bit since they've been traveling together like you said um they also dropped a line and correct me if i'm wrong but he is saying his names his titles father of lies betrayer of hope forsaken and does she say leandrin didn't tell me that one as in like forsaken or am i mixing those I can, up
0: okay. i mean i would say it's well within reason that mm-hmm. men would be just shocked that a, this is who it is. And then B, he drops those titles. And I think everyone knows like the father of lies and all that kind of stuff and Forsaken. So I could see that's what she said. I don't know for sure, though. I
1: honest. thought she was taking it as like, um, I didn't like Leandrin didn't tell me I would be working with you of all people kind of thing. Yeah. I guess mm-hmm. it
0: could be the same shock, honestly, that you two might have had of like, wow, the Shamayil and Leandrin in some type of cahoots? Like, what the hell is this? Mm hmm.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking right now. I just it yeah. didn't know if that was more of a connection to Leandrin and Ishii. Yeah, Leandrin yeah. was more setting this up with Ishi, But okay. anyway.
0: You had a take that was, you thought, you know, Leandra's ring catching the light the right way was black. And you, yeah. I thought, were, were fairly gung-ho. She's a dark friend and Dave was against it.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I go back and forth now. Every <laughs> wavering, time, okay. I mean, we'll get more screen time with her, but I'm yeah. like, dude, is she good? Is she shitty? She's shitty a lot, but I don't know. That's beautiful.
1: I, I, I just feel love. like right. with because we have the Celine reveal, like they gotta wait a little bit longer to give us another dark friend. You know, they can't just be like, oh, here's a bunch of dark friends in a row. You know, you never know. Just keep you never know through. though. Yeah, you never yeah. know. All right, so moving into
0: more Leandro stuff, we'll move to the White Tower. Is gonna be next. This is kind of the meaty version of Min and Matt's kind of appetizer. Although you know, not meaty, we'll say like the big vegan entree of <laughs> yeah, <laughs> shout for out to you. all my vegetarians and vegans out there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so mm. we kind of start with this is our first real post-accepted test. naive scene clearly shaken. She has a fairly awkward, I would say, interaction with Egwene at this point. Just like our first kind of take of her, um, we see she's wearing the ring wayne tries to touch it kind of awkwardly snaps back. We do see that she has those rainbow embroidered cuffs of the accepted. So it's official that she isn't accepted
2: right now. Uh, not sure if anyone really has a take on this scene. Obviously, the floor is open, but just Egwene um, when she's hugging her and, and he's not hugging her back and Egwene's saying, hey, it was like none of it was real. Like, don't worry about it. Like, I guess she's trying to help, but like, she doesn't realize she's making it worse because, like, to Naive, that was real. She was there for years. She, those feelings and emotions were real. So, to say it's not real
1: doesn't really help. It doesn't and, help the situation. And plus, I mean, it could be a f- like to, I think Naive, potentially for her, that could have been a future, you know, because we've already seen the past, we saw the present, and now that could have been the last trial, could have been the future. So, Not only is she thinking like, oh, like that potentially was real, it felt real, yada, yada, but like this also could eventually happen. That's what I'm thinking a little bit of. And is there any.
3: Bad taste in her mouth from the conversation she heard about, or is that what from when she was eavesdropping on Elaine? And I also took it Pagoyne? as like
1: I also took it as like she's still kind of butt hurt by those comments.
3: That's what I was gonna. Is it is it that, or is that so irrelevant now that she lived years in the arc in her head? Like maybe my it's take
0: some, is the second one.
3: It's probably that, but mm. yeah. I hope so. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, yeah, if she's... She's petty she, to care about that eavesdropped conversation. Although, yeah, if she's I mean, been talking she about... A grudge, yeah, yeah, she's yeah, she's a Hall of she,
0: famer. We talked about it last episode. Hall of Fame grudge holder, for sure. Yeah.
1: If she's uh, been holding this grudge for years, yeah, it's that would make her MVP of grudge holding, for sure. <laughs> so what is the
2: deal with Nynaeve's ring? Because didn't Leandrin go to melt it? Do we just assume they just she's grabbed another one. one? Yeah, I don't think there's anything
0: really special about like the blank ones okay you know, just like they s- just no they just ceremony stone in and then i'm sure it becomes i think when you get your stone that's a big thing
1: yeah i was wondering if Obviously that's it's a big ball. thing to
0: get your accepted ring too but without a stone yeah. it's very obvious that you're not an actual eyes yet so there's not like cool. that level of sentimentality built up it's like you know when you first get your wedding ring on the night of your wedding and if you lose it like not the biggest deal in the world right? <laughs> no out but our like, boy, <laughs> out out boy. Smithers. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the one thing too here that i thought was Bunny is obviously going to try to help. And she's like, I saved you some honey cakes. And that's like, oh, trigger word, honey cakes. what mm. so Lane was whipping up when they all died in the fucking dream slash test. So I didn't even put that together. Yeah. So we get honestly a nice continuation of the scene is now Gwen and Elaine talking. They're mopping up, doing classic novice tasks. And Gwen's now kind of saying out loud these thoughts of, I want to help so badly because she was there for me. And I don't want to feel kind of helpless. But she's just feeling smaller and smaller since she joined the tower. This has been a theme of Egwene's character. I'm assuming it will turn around at some point. But I know Dave mentioned that since your first watch of season one, and I think now into season two, that Egwene has kind of been dropping down the ranks a little bit. And she is. I mean, this has just been a theme of her character this season is her kind of not feeling strong enough and kind of pouting around about it. Not necessarily a bad thing, but it is a thing.
1: I like this for her. I mean, just to be able to identify that you've been kind of sulky and a little bit of like, you know, not who you have always been. I I really like this moment for her. So definitely will not have her as my LVP for once You know, (laughs) in these episodes. But I really did like this scene from Egwene because I was going to just like you said, Kyle, I've been kind of shit talking her all season. But this was a nice moment for her.
2: All I could think about is like Egwene, I think you're like the strongest out of like everybody that we've seen (laughs) yeah yeah it's like uh, if you and Nynaeve fight like right now you'd win probably unless the Nynaeve freaks out at the end and just hits you with a big blast. but like if you want a like somebody you can count on I'm taking Egwene all the time I mean Rand doesn't know how to do shit well I guess he can kill you in a fight but like Egwene is the only one who is like such a beast and in her mind she's like oh I'm so weak I need to catch up and like I guess that's a good mindset for her to have because she's working her ass off and training and casting with no hands.
3: Kind of reminds me of Julia from the magicians. mm, Just like very interesting
0: take. yeah. Yeah.
3: Right. Like naturally talented at everything, not the main character, and just kind of is there, but works it's her ass off a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and for what it's worth, I never really voice his opinion. And maybe it's because I didn't have this opinion until when we recorded season one, because I read so many more books since then. How Kyle feels about Elaine is how I grew to feel about Egwene. Not at this point in the story. And yeah. I think you guys can tell why, because in the show, like she's not the greatest character, but I do love Egwene. And I'm hoping that we get a lot out of her, especially towards the end of this season.
0: Yeah. And speaking I, of Elaine, just another great quick Elaine scene. I, I feel like Egwene, I, I always come away from all the Elaine Egwene interactions, just liking Elaine even more. I just like mm-hmm. how she's just so real with Egwene. She but he says, like, it's really not your job. To fix how she's feeling like it's she has her own emotions things will play out like it's not up to you to fix it for her
1: she would make a good queen one day
0: how <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't she wouldn't <laughs> she the daughter heir? all right so another quick continuation of this scene is after they have this conversation they kind of awkwardly pass Nynaeve in the hall which was like a we acknowledge whatever Nynaeve's on her way to the warder training grounds she has a little bit i would even say a little bit a lot of bit of an awkward interaction with a warder here much to Leandrin's satisfaction. Again, another very quick scene. Not sure at the level of takes we have, but just, you know, any thoughts?
2: I I'm- Are they hinting that she's fucking going red? I hope not. <laughs> because he's saying, like, have you decided which Ajay you're going into? I hope it's not red, like, as a joke. And she just doesn't smile, and Leandrin smirks. And I'm like, oh, God. But then, you know, I guess, spoiler, skipping ahead. Nynaeve and Leandrin aren't going to be, like, on great terms after Leandrin blasted the shit out of her.
1: Yeah, Alki's first her. comments when we were watching was like Leandrin's definitely going to be red. And the one thing I'll just comment on that is Leandrin is, is definitely going to be, or bad. sorry, Nynaeve, Nynaeve is definitely, yeah, is definitely yeah. going to be red. Um, but the other, th- uh, the only thing I just want to bring up is that in the third arch, we see she is wearing that red outfit. Mm-hmm. So there you go. That's just a little bit of support, I guess. I'm maybe I'm not making planning the flag that she's going to be red, but there is signs that she is go- she could be red.
0: Yeah. I just like how they have this interaction. I just thought it was a funny interaction. Doesn't really know deeper than that for me. I just liked that they did this. Thought it was funny. The one little breadcrumb gets dropped here. Leandra gets a note from a Red Sister. Leads us directly into the next scene. We find out that the note is about basically the Chan invasion in the West. She confronts Liana Sedai, who is the keeper of the tower. We know that the Amaruland seats once Sanchez is gone. So they have this little verbal sparring match. Obviously, the level of respect towards the keeper is a lot lower than it is towards the Ammerlin, which is on full display in this scene. And they just have a very interesting conversation. There's one theory that you guys made in season one. Our talks I'll bring up at the end if we want to talk anymore.
1: If not, I can just bring it up right now. I just love the well. What's her name? Leanna, Leanna, Liana, yeah, Leanna kind of puts Leandrin in her place for a second. She's like, I'm always. She's like, yeah. she asked, like, it's hard. where is the, the Amalyn Cedar? Like, how like how do you communicate with yeah. her? Have how you often? talked to her yet? Yeah. And she's like, oh, every time I open my mouth, I communicate with her. I'm like, that's yeah. the hardest yeah. shit. But then Leandrin <laughs> fires back. And, like, I forget what her comment was. And I was like, shit, now Leandrin got the one up on Liana. That's he what
2: done. I was going to say. That was basically a threat. She's saying, you know, if the Amalyn falls, you fall with her. Yep. Oh, it's yeah. It's like... Okay. Dark Fred, maybe? <laughs> so the two things that you guys brought up,
0: very related, not exactly similar. So Paul, Paul's theory was that there would be an Aes Sedai Civil War. And Dave's theory was that there would be a mutiny and a new Amerlin seat. So just curious. You guys made those takes in season one. Not even sure if you remember them since it was two years ago. But now this scene obviously made me think of them. I'm just kind of curious now hearing those thoughts again with this scene as more context.
2: I think me and Dave are oracles. that yeah. just okay. tell the future. You're men. Yeah, <laughs> okay. kind of. Yeah. You saw it in the visions. Well, I see Dave smiling. Men. Dave's
1: men. <laughs> oh, that's racist. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> But um, Paul's wolf brother, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Paul's wolf brother, and I'll be men. Fine. I'll take it. But um, yeah, I agree with Paul. I think we're uh, we're Oracle's. I think those are pretty good takes. I still feel pretty confident that at some point, the Amulin seat, she just doesn't have a lot of support. It feels like like the only yeah. one that really does support her is Moraine and
0: secretly even she can't even do it in the open.
1: And I like Paul's theory of the eyes to splitting. I really I can. We're already kind of seeing that here a little bit, and mm-hmm. I can't wait to see how this plays out. All right.
0: One last comment I'll make is that this conversation starts pretty much with confirmation, nonverbal confirmation, but confirmation nonetheless, that the sisters that they sent to investigate the West, they haven't heard back from them. So just
2: keep that little breadcrumb in your mind. Well, is that what it was because Leandrin asked and she doesn't get a response? Is that because they didn't hear back confirmed? That's the way I
0: interpreted it.
2: That's same. And then I think later on, I guess we'll get to it, but like they have reports. I mean, Leandrin tells you, but um, I mean, because she's a dog friend. Yeah, I was going to say, she could, be,
1: she could be cutting off those notes right at the source. Like she could be getting all this information and be like, oh, I'm just not going to tell anybody about this because I work with Ishmael. We already know Ishmael was in the Wests with this Sean Shan. So okay. yeah. could have killed the
2: scouts in general. She'd be like, hey, you're not reporting back or intercepted the message. Never gave it. Anyway, we've Lots already seen her.
0: behind that non-answer.
2: She's already shown us when she's reading the letter to Matt that she'll like definitely change some of the subject matter. And like she can give false reports and stuff like that. So she's a little schemer for uh, issue over here.
1: We also know that like there's a white cloak dark friend out there. And maybe if she has the white cloaks, you know, hunting down Ice Dai in the West, I'm just throwing out ideas. I have no idea. Yeah. but
0: Everything at this point, I would say, is on the table.
1: We yeah, that's what, anything. like, I, from now on, I'm just going to just every thought. I mean, not that I haven't been doing it, but just <laughs> yeah. everything is getting on the board because I just don't uh,
0: want to feel stupid anymore. Literally, the best part of doing this is you guys interacting with the concepts in the story for the first time. So please, yeah, don't ever think about putting a little baby's bottle rattle thing Ooh. mouthpiece <laughs> in your mouth like those Sean Chan
2: question 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 the keeper yes how the keeper is chosen I think we talked about the season one by the Amarland seat and they can choose whoever doesn't have to be the same Aja technically that's like how it goes Mm -hmm. in reality I well they have to be
0: confirmed technically by the hall but it's I think at this point tradition like she just handpicks whoever And like they have, they're from the same odds. It doesn't have to be like that. That's just the way it's been going, pretty much. It's not like a rule set in stone. It's just kind of precedent.
2: So, is Elaine or Egwene gonna be the keeper, and then the other one's gonna be the Ammerlin? Oh, interesting,
0: interesting. I'll write that one down too. Oh, Uh, jot that one down. Dave's season season one. Dave's season one take. Excuse me. Was that Egwene potentially becomes the Ammerlin seat? There you go. I'm hijacking I'm, it.
1: I'm not, I was about to say I'm going to redact that one, but I'll I'll leave that one there. I kind of like that because I Over feel like as, maybe I just and Nynaeve too, honestly. Like, I feel like Nynaeve, like, we she's just more than the Amelon seat to me. So I feel like a Gwen would be a nice person to fit on the Amelon seat. Like, I just feel like Nynaeve has just so much more in store for her rather than just being the leader of the Aes Sedai. All right, we'll put it on the board. Well, we'll keep it on the board, actually, rather. And we'll yeah. keep All it in right. front of our minds. La-
2: last addition to the addendum of the theory is that <laughs> Le- Amaralyn's seat falls, Leandrin takes over, she's the Amaralyn's seat for a little bit, has a red keeper, and then Elaine and Egwene take over again on the... So there's going to be... It's kind of like sw- swaps of Hokage's like quick little okay, layover well,
1: a few years.
0: Yeah. Okay, so are you uh, comparing Leandro to Tsunade? <laughs>
1: I think it's more. see, no. Like no, I feel like a Harry Potter reference is better here for when like Voldemort's squad takes over, like Hogwarts. So I feel like that would be a good. So, address. like, Egwene is Snape. No, no, no. It would be Snape? Leandrin would be Snape. Well, Snape becomes Leandrin. headmaster, right? Yeah, and that would be Leandrin, like okay, Paul saying, okay, yeah, okay. and then and then Elaine and uh, Egwene are the ones that like overthrow. Gotcha. Snape's rule. there. Okay. I'm with Adam,
0: you. Paul, you said Egwene slash Elaine. We got to know
1: a which is Hammerlin. The there we go. That's the perfect. If we want to start referring to him, just call him a Glane. <laughs> Glane. I,
2: want, I want to say Elaine's the Hammerlin and then oh, a okay. is the keeper because she's just the queen, the ruler. And then Gwen's just like her badass bodyguard.
0: All right, I'm going so fl- kind to of flipped
2: with Dave. Yeah, I'll flip those. Interesting. I love it.
0: All right. Moving on. So we're back to Leandrin. She stumbles upon Nynaeve back in the Arches Chamber. Nynaeve's sitting there questioning if anything is real in her life. Was it worth it? What is next? And they just have a very open and interesting conversation. Uh, we just get a lot of good quotes here in my opinion. This also tells us a little I and mean, this kind of this is a plot moving conversation, essentially, is what the words I was trying to get out of my mouth there. I think there's a lot to talk about. We'll see. Honestly, floor is open.
3: I mean, we've talked about a lot of it already. Nynaeve has PTSD from her experience in the arches. Leandrin actually gets humanized here a lot, and that was unexpected to yeah. say the least. And then the important thing that I latched on to was Leandrin turns the conversation eventually to the Sean Chan. Uh, mission with them having Perrin and Loyal that's just what did we not hit yet from that
1: because most of the the naive arch stuff we've talked about Mm. yeah Leandra knowing (laughs) that Perrin's there just I mean it lines up with everything that we've kind of been talking about like with uh, just her being potentially the middleman of Ishmael between those forces in the west and what's happening here at the tower but go ahead Paul
2: Leandra did say who did you lose inside without you know, asking anything prior. So it seems to be that kind of is what the third gate is about. Um, I liked how in hindsight, you know, the the way the gate back or whatever the way back shows itself, but once I butchered that, but you understand what I'm saying. I like that because now Nynaeve would probably go crazy, like, oh like a gate's gonna pop up any second. And like this is good this is all a dream. This is like this is all a dream like inception wise. And like I need to like kill myself to get out of it or whatever. If the gate shows up and you went through it and you remember it it's like all right you're good you're not you can't just be one big double fake out so um i like that rule in hindsight um and then the last thing leandrin was the only one to make nynaeve like smile she like smirked a little bit after all of the this intestine i'm like don't you become friends with her like don't don't become <laughs> connected she's, I love she's the bad
0: and man i love these two yeah. i
2: mean yeah, it's well, great I mean, this
0: is also one of the only people that could probably relate to her. It seems like everyone else doesn't really want to talk about it. Leandrin seems strong enough to be able to talk about what she kind of went through in the arches, at least a little bit to relate. So it was good. You're right, Luke, though. I had a lot of notes written down, but we kind of covered most of this. The one quote I like, I thought it was just really well well written, is that the three O's bind us to speak the truth to others, not ourselves. thought that was just very interesting. That's a very human moment from and also something I never really maybe they said it in the books i didn't catch it not really a perspective i thought about in the books and i just thought it was very interesting
2: uh to go off what she just said there Leandrin at the end she also says you know find a piece of this world that belongs to you and hold on to it when nynaeve says oh and she says when it's gone find another nynaeve says have you found another talking about her son and right then that's when Leandrin changes the subject i'm going to tell you something now and dave you're totally right she hasn't moved on because she's making a deal with ishi to make her son okay or something like that totally it's it makes I'm sense in my another. head and we're going to be wrong and no. I don't look stupid so dead wrong we're going to be so wrong <laughs> all right so we get to
0: another uh what was it? Elaine. We get another Elaine scene, scene, right? The yeah. Cool. Scene. So these these Aglaine. two kind of work very well together. They lead into each other. Just another. I just love this idea that they share almost like a nightly ritual of them drinking Elaine's liquor together. But uh, they kind of Great. have this talk about the future and fate, and then fate itself pretty much stumbles right through that door in the version of or in yeah Nynaeve. First, one comment I'll make before we get into all of it, just to gas up Elaine. I think Elaine handles Nynaeve's want this very well like this is my room stair and this is my dirty cup that i need to go clean i just i love me some elena they've done a great job in like the little bit of quotes she gets to characterize her so just wanted to get that out
2: i've been writing her notes in my notes as dh elaine as in like daughter air yeah. but like it looks like designated hitter because i have just been watching so much baseball so like i just re-designated hitter elaine a lot i was like so a I... dickhead
0: <laughs> <laughs> dickhead, <laughs> Al- dickhead elaine <laughs> now how dare you no, so, no
2: she's great she's great no yeah. she is wonderful i love them drinking her liquor exactly what you're just saying and yeah like give us a moment this is my room <laughs> like
1: that yeah. just stares at her It's like fucking i need this is a yeah, power so- trio the these are three of like the most influential women in like the history right here or at least soon to be most influential i'm assuming and it's just it's great
0: potentially fateful legendary pair of neighbors a glane uh, and then just this is, I mean, just to move us along into the actual, amateur sure, action scene we want to talk about. We finally get this kind of open, honest conversation between Nynaeve and Egwene, where Egwene can get it off her chest that, like, the reason that she's trying so hard and following all the rules is because she doesn't want to ever feel weak again, like she felt at the end of season one when Ram went off to the Other world by himself. She wants to protect everyone. She's a little offended that Nynaeve's like, I'm just letting you know that our friends are in trouble. You stay here. I'll go. So obviously, Egwene wants to come along and help. And then we get them going through the passageway. Elaine ain't gonna let that slide. She's gonna come too because she cares about her friend Equain. Leandrin makes it a foursome,
1: and then it kind of pops off. Uh, I just, I, I, I don't know what to think. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to think here. Just Leandrin has just been such a great character. Just the mystery that she's been having. Like she, at at first, when we first get introduced to her, it just seemed like on paper she was just this like straightforward, like just. Very generic character that you could pretty much nail down pretty easily. But now we're getting so much, not backstory, because it's not backstory, but just like twists and turns with her character that I'm just not seeing. And I mean, she's clearly there to prevent those three from helping out anybody, like any of their friends. And Mm -hmm. I just, I don't know. I just... I have I don't really have many thoughts on this other than the, like Lantern is just so strong. I love seeing her kind of put people in her place in their places. It's always she's just so cool. My
2: first thought is that she is gonna just like basically kidnap them and bring them to Karin Um, where kind of like the meetup is going and where all like the powers are and where Matt's going to go with Min and everything like that. Maybe, you know, if Min betrays. But uh she's yeah I'd- to get
1: all of them you think in the same place like if she trying to lead these three and match the same place that we don't really know what that place would be but like is that what you're kind of thinking
2: yeah well if she's making a deal with Ishi or forsaken then you know if they're trying to get to dragon reborn then and they can't find them might as well go to the people that like he knows and cares about you know like kind of bait them out a little bit so I don't know. I'm making this up on the spot as we talk about it more. We can tell.
0: <laughs> oh, no, <nah, dude. laughs> I'm you sorry. I'm sorry. You that tell me it's jer- not. It was just a knee jerk reaction to make fun of you, but I don't want you to stop saying Rock solid
2: theories. <laughs> no, I know. I'm so easy to make fun of. But oh, Come on, don't act like that. I don't know. I, I had a feeling that she baited them to go there, to run out together, to bring them somewhere for a reason, right? You know, if she just wanted to kidnap them and put them in the tower, then she could have just done that.
1: You're right. I mean, she did specifically tell, like, she was the one that gave Naive the information. to the idea to leave the castle, you know,
2: and And Elaine is the complication. So obviously she wasn't a target um, because she doesn't Rand doesn't know who she is. And she's not important
1: unless she is a target because she's long fingernails daughter. Oh, yeah. And then is that complication? Yeah, it could be. I mean, she- long fingernails, we know, is working with issues, so maybe,
0: yeah, that's the complication. Oh, uh, well, so, my w- theories are coming together. <laughs> <laughs> one thing, I don't necessarily want to like, spoon-feed questions, answers from you guys, so I'm just curious of what you guys think of Leandra's kind of just, like, laissez-faire use of the power. It's pretty strong. She fucks him up right there, doesn't she? <laughs> I she- feel like I, there's no, like, level of subtlety to just blowing up against that wall. Yeah. Like I feel like that yeah. could
2: I was like did you give him a cushion at least before they hit the wall because they might have died with concussions <laughs> they, they, hit they the know about concussions brick wall. and the way she countered uh Egwene's wall of fire you know two episodes ago maybe that was last episode it was last episode um you know that was flaw like effortless you know almost no motion involved so she's she
1: fucks pretty hard just gonna say I feel like she's just like issue where we haven't seen her even like move her hands or arms that much when she's casting these spells and that to itself is because it's the show's done a really good job of highlighting those hand signals those arm motions that they need to do in order to you know do these crazy spells and for liandrin to just casually do them without these the need of these is it's just really cool to see
0: word all right so there's no final comments which doesn't sound like there are we're going to move very quickly into lan and Alana's story, there's just, we're not going to talk about the actual them talking about the poem at the end, because we'll weave that into the end of Rand's storyline, because it makes more sense there. But I don't know if there's a ton we really want to talk about, just because it's, in my opinion, obviously less interesting than like a lot of the action that we got. Just a lot of you know philosophical, emotional kind of character building for Lan here. He has a conversation individually with Alana. He has a conversation individually with Maskum. He has a conversation individually with Yvonne. I wrote some quotes down that i thought were interesting but i feel like we can just talk about whatever we want very quickly here and then we can move on
2: i'll I'll rattle off a few things uh, real quick one i like that lan was able to bond with everybody you said he had a conversation with everybody you know we see him getting talking a lot with blondie um but you know at least he has that good meditation i mean they're completely different orders awards so um you're
0: good you had it the first time
2: Awarders, it is i don't know why i second guess myself and land just like fits right in so you're like all right is land gonna try to be one of their warders but then they talk about nynaeve but like he's still not completely bond broken with moraine that was a big subject of conversation along with you can survive with your bond being masked like almost all the time um so we know that is possible so i don't know i'm Gonna throw another one crazy theory out there. We know that multiple warders can be to one to Sedai. I'm gonna say Lan is just gonna be crazy, have Moraine's, but then also be bonded with another Aes Sedai, like Nani. So it's gonna be two Aes Sedai, one warder. Write, write that down,
3: write that down. Write that Flip down.
1: flopped write that on down. him. <laughs> tick tic-tac-toe girl yeah i didn't oh, yeah. take a
3: i didn't take a lot from these scenes to be honest and part of it was because the one conversation land has with the one warder the lack of subtitles hurt me bad um uh, yvonne yes yvonne's conversation i was missing some things but i got the I, general idea of like what this what this is about uh but my thing i'm here to say i love the cats when to die uh, yep. line drop again so what he says is that nine is the fastest to ever become accepted since cad cad swain to die oh. Who, if you guys remember i meant it was mentioned as like a legend she episode was uh two maybe yeah episode yeah
2: two. It, was, it was it was when like elaine Lane. got introduced yeah. what other legendary duos have there been
1: yeah cad swain was just the one i remembered
3: it's your name you... drops baby yeah that's the important one
1: yeah i was just winding it up because i was like ah <laughs> lannis is totally going to be Nynaeve's warder, but it did kind of make me hesitant because like Paul said like they were kind of saying it's not something that's like easily doable to to just cut that off so,
3: so your victory lap
1: in your water pick already yeah yeah I'm, I'm <laughs> no, already seeing it yeah I've already seeing it now
2: <laughs> also love love the line where Lan has he finally reveals that uh Moraine said he never viewed them as equals or she never viewed them as equals and the other waters like of course. We're not equals, dude. Of course, you guys aren't. She can summon lightning from the sky, like, like we are here to remind them they're not gods. Which that was a line that I loved. That was cool. Like we we see them for the weaknesses, but yeah, like we're not fucking equal, bro. Like that's okay.
0: Yeah, I really like the conversation with Yvonne, even though um, lack of subtitles. I mean, I've watched it multiple times, so I was all good. He just had a lot of good quotes. Paul, I think, brought my favorite out, second favorite for me. I just like that he says the phrase, the triumph of the light over the dark. That's just like, fuck yeah, that's kind of the reason why we're all here in the first place, baby. And then the other thing, I just I just liked kind of the casual characterization we're getting with the three of them, Alana, Maskim, and Yvonne. I like that we got Alana's family. I thought it was funny that they're joking around with her of like, how does the sex work now with the third one we thought you were getting old you know you only you stopped it too type of deal so i just thought it was just kind of fun little character building moments here just a lot of good conversations and then they brought up the idea again of the the suicidalness that could have you know um what is the word i'm looking for appeared in land that's not exactly what i was thinking but i just he's doing well himself it's more of just like an internal kind of thing and i like that yvonne says like he knows That Lan is just thinking about one thing that Moraine said. He can kind of see it on his face. I just really like Yvonne and Maskum. I think they're really good characters. Mm -hmm. All right. So, moving into again, the entree of those kind of appetizer scenes is going to be Rand slash Kyrian, which includes Moraine, obviously. So, the kind of Moraine starts us off. We get Lady Anvir, who we met in episode three, the woman who took that kind of special taking to Rand. In, that, uh, in the dinner where they get the Galdanian red, she's kind of getting ready in the morning, chattels into her chair, and she's only to be surprised by an unexpected visitor. Who, surprisingly to me, to Luke, I'm sure to literally everyone that watched this episode is her older sister, Moraine Domadred. Dude, hell
3: yeah. That was what a crazy twist. I did not see yeah. that coming. And you said it, Kyle. You're like, well, probably. I don't know if you watched episode four at the time when we talked about the dinner party with rand and you're like we might see this girl again you probably already knew but i never would have ever guessed that it would have turned out in this way
2: no it was really cool and i was thinking back to my comment that i had episode three where i was saying you know could you imagine if rand actually went with her flirtations and hooked up with her and then that could be like moraine yells at rand later on and he'd be like yo I banged your sister, and then like you know, Moraine can't say anything. Kind of like uh,
0: even imagine how that conversation would go.
2: (laughs) Yeah, like Brian looking out the door and being like telling Quagmire, "Fuck your dad!" and slamming the door. It's kind of like kind of like that. Um, (gasps) Oh Yeah,
0: what a great picture in my head now. Also, we got
3: this. Is I mean, we could talk about. Yeah, yeah. Like their 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 conversation is nothing here. She just gives her the cold shoulder. Marine has no empathy towards her All family. Business, yeah, I mean, she's out here trying to save the fucking world, so I kind of get I get it for both sides. But she so, does Dawn, I'll let you go in a second, but I just want to say while she's like getting ready to go search for Rand in the city, she dons the iconic, and if you're listening to our One piece coverage, <laughs> this is iconic is her <laughs> her blue dress and then her um blue gem that she wears on her head. That is yeah. what she rolls up to yep, she, on the cover of book one, that is what she rolls <laughs> up to Emmonsfield in like chapter whatever two or three of the book. That's what she's supposed to be wearing. And I love that the the showrunners decided to give it to us here because she's in her hometown where she grew up with her sister in her house and she gets to put on the OG clothes. So even though it's they don't make a big deal of it, I got chills mm-hmm. from it. I loved seeing Maureen put on yeah. the gym.
2: Yeah. going through all of her old stuff in her old room she got some doobies rolled up moraine, yeah, i love that but that was so little, funny little rule breaker and uh what i was just gonna say earlier was just for clarification so is this the first time moraine has come back since she left to go train at the white tower oh my they god they make I, that
0: implication yeah
2: i didn't know if she when she was saying it, it's been decades if means if she meant like you know, it's been, you came back a little bit, but it's still been like 20, 30 years. But if it's been, you know, 60 years, 50 years, that's insane. But that's what it seemed like at that end conversation. You know, the, when we find the seer at the end, she snaps, which was so good. I mean, when she says all your eyes and ears are now mine and like she knows everything that Moraine's trying to do and she even knows the answer to her problems. I was like, that's, that's whipping your balls out and putting them on the table right there. That was <laughs> badass. This is like the slightest of changes from the
0: books. In the books, Moraine is the youngest, but obviously it works better here that the ages, it doesn't matter at all, in my opinion. It's more just, again, they're reinforcing that agelessness quality without having to do any like de aging CGI type of stuff. Thought it worked perfectly well genius you would never even notice it i mean anvir's mentioned in like one chapter in like the prequel book so i if anyone is upset about this i would tell him
1: to go kick fucking rocks mm-hmm. <laughs> the only comment yeah. i have here is Moraine is just more of a bitch than i just remember her being she's <laughs> about just, her
0: business bro she's about her. yeah business.
1: she's just pure business and it, it. i mean it annoys me to no end because it's like come on like you did this to land now you're gonna do it to your own fucking family like your sister like come on have some heart in you Don't
2: Um, burden her with your fears.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But like, I get it. Like she shit is happening. Like Ishmael clearly is moving. Like she needs to also be moving. So I get it. Everything with Moraine needs to be viewed through the
3: lens of, I know I get it, but nothing matters besides the dragon and the dark one. She is one of the only people alive that knows they're both Mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. Like you have to view it like that. And it's so easy to hate on Moraine. But when you, when you think about it, like she is, sacrificing her life to, oh, yeah. to this mission and it's just it's cool i mean it's I, itachi I just, Uchia, I totally
1: baby itachi uchiha she, she just grabs the wine and dips trust me and she's I been
3: fighting it. for lvp for the last three episodes oh yeah one of us so i get it and fight for now <laughs> it's yeah exactly it's just sad oh, for me no. because no. Moraine as an entity is one of my favorite pieces of wheel things
1: about i know time. and i know like from your conversations that Moraine is like one of your favorites and i'm like, I obviously, the potential is all there. Like, I still think she is a great character. It's just like these moments kind of just suck for her character individually just because they are moments that yeah. we just have to kind of force her to be a bitch and just get both sides go. are valid. Yeah. They just decrease
0: yeah. her likability a little bit. So, mm-hmm. I mean, what's going to increase her likability is this next fucking scene where the yeah. mission itself. I like how she just grabs the Gildanian Red. Rand had to be told to grab mm-hmm. the Gildanian Red. Yeah. Marine is just on it. And she heads to the sanitarium to meet a low gain and a very interesting deal is struck here in this conversation.
1: I just I the show. The show is great. <laughs> like she comes in like so how's rand? And I'm like no fucking way. <laughs> weaselly little so now I'm thinking like all right, is she going to meet up with Elias in the next fucking episode? Like come on. Like if she's How's just... parent? Yeah, how's parent doing. It's like oh my god, this blew my mind and I love I still love Logan. Like I love that he's like still willing to put Moraine back in her place here, even though like he is just at rock rock bottom. He's still fighting back against Moraine, like bringing up uh, how strong he was. Just really great interactions here. Just so much information to uncover. um, Because she is just at the end of the day trying to get him to um, teach Rand the ways of using the One Power, and which I love the offer that she makes with the knife, like that really to me highlights just how much it sucks living without the one power having if you've already touched it before like because to me when we first saw logaine like obviously he looked like shit he said he felt like shit like all this stuff it was never really like that obvious that he wanted to kill himself like he just was kind of it felt like to me he was just waiting for an opportunity for him to just escape, not even just kill himself. Well, he he did when he, when he went before the hall and like fake made that out. Oh yeah. And he, Remember and he tried to have Swan execute him. Yeah. And he does have that, but like, I'm thinking here too, there's like, it's been months, maybe yeah. he's recovered a little bit, but clearly that, that need for death is still like, so, in his brain after months going by like it's not just some it's not just like an addiction it's not something that you can just wean off of like it's always going to be there which i think was just an excellent touch here and she presents the dagger i'm like was that matt's dagger no it definitely wasn't but uh, yeah it was not. there was a quick just, thought there was a quick thought my first thought here when she does this is just reminded me of just spamming
0: kys in the rocket league chat <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just, She's just, just like she presents the, the knife it's like a I <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, i like how um he says to her He's like, you send him here, which yeah. I feel like in my understanding, you know, she didn't unless there was like a, you know, a scene that happened when Rand leaves the eye of the world bef- that we didn't see where she's like, go to Kyrian. But I like how she doesn't dissuade him of that notion. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's more beneficial for her, for him to think that she's pulling all these strings when kind of we know she's just fumbling around almost in the dark. She feels like she's behind the eight ball a ton. So I just like that little kind of. They, they told I thought they told us a lot without saying a ton there in that
2: scene. The fact that she, at the end, was like, yeah, I want you to teach him everything you know about channeling. I was like, okay, huge curveball. I thought you were here just to get info, to track him down. All of a sudden, you want to like be in cahoots with Loghain. Never saw that coming. Love the line where she drops, you know, you're lucky you're here pretty much. Like, my brown and yellow sisters wanted to study you, and you would have enjoyed that a lot less so, again, to go on to the you know, information science side, Aes Sedai, and how ruthless they are. Um, we were talking about that a little bit earlier. Just really yep. cool. Yep. I have two
3: big issues with this episode, and one of them is here. The other one is going to be at the very end of this episode I'll bring up. Uh, but a funny comment, and then my issue for this scene. The first thing is... Like Logan is salty as fuck. Rightfully so. He's cut off from the power. It's like losing heroin, and like, what are you supposed to do? Like, you're fucking—that's your whole life—is about that. And he—he's depressed and all that stuff. And he easily, easily could have killed her and taken that knife in this scene because he didn't know she didn't have the power. He could, and he's a guy that is much bigger than her. Could he not have just like?
0: She yeah, like, he thinks he thinks she can channel.
3: That's what I'm saying. And when she he, he could have beat the shit out of her and, oh, yeah. and taken the knife oh. here. She like it did a magic really. trick
2: I mean, she, she to pull amazed. out the knife. She like g- 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 sleight of hand to l- made it look like she conjured it. Yeah, and that's probably going into it. But yeah, she probably she, she's well, then,
3: trying to present that she still has the power. But I'm saying yeah. like he he could have just walked up to her and she could have done nothing to well, stop yes. him.
2: One other thing. Uh, moraine she says i know what you really want and then she pulls out the dagger she didn't say like what it was and you know these these tricky eyes die uh, if they don't say something explicitly you always assume it's like a like a trick so i'm waiting for moraine to say you know i'll leave the dagger here but i like won't let you kill yourself somehow because she never explicitly said it so i don't know i'm just every time they speak you just you got to rethink it over and analyze it because it could be tricky. It's like making a deal with the devil. Uh, and real quick, quick question. We, we already talked about this scene. Uh, Elena telling Lan about uh, Nynaeve going through the arches. Mm-hmm. How did she f- know that information? Did she just get like a pigeon, like flown to her in a letter or like, dude, can they communicate telepathically? So
0: the last conversation she had in the tower the tower in the tower is with shiriam the mistress of novices and they're basically arguing about she shouldn't like they she shouldn't let Nynaeve go through the towers they weren't there for the vote i'm assuming they're just assuming that it happened because like they didn't think they would win the vote against it
2: Nynaeve just survived or whatever
0: yeah well i mean she just said she's going through she's being tested she doesn't know the outcome of it
2: oh i thought she said she can okay my notes are wrong so yeah, okay, that makes way more sense it.
1: then. No, you're yeah. right, Kyle. You're right.
2: Okay, yeah.
3: So cool. let me take me back, take us back to Logan for one second, so I can yeah. bring up my nitpick. This one's smaller than my later one, but I'm not sure how much I love the idea of building every incentive for Logan around allowing him to kill himself because he's not being watched. Could he not just kill himself?
2: I was thinking yeah. that he's like just bash his head against enough. the wall. Yeah.
3: in that yard, yeah. just jump on your neck. Or so I'm not that. That's how you would or do what Dave would do. Run, <laughs> pull a Dave re, Dave, run you. head for head, <laughs> head first into he a wall, wall at, yeah, at full at full speed. <laughs> I don't love that, but that's like my only nitpick of this whole thing. But, it's just like it's, you're going to really build every incentive structure for him around uh, allowing him to
1: kill himself. Feels I, a little weak. I agree with you on that. Absolutely, because that was kind of my first thoughts too. Where it's like, okay, she's presenting the knife, but like he's in a courtyard of like a potential of like a plethora of ways to kill himself. Corners, yeah, it's just fucking head yeah. on of corner. But then I'm also I'm gonna going to bring out. up what Paul was just saying. Like, she never really like she holds the knife, saying, "You know, I'm going to leave this here. You can do what you want with it." Like, she never really doesn't like. It's implied, I guess, that she that you think that Land's going to kill himself or Land that Loghain is going to kill himself with the knife, but what if that knife is to be presented to him as an opportunity for him to escape? Like Paul's saying, like what That's if he true. uses that knife to escape? Um, or it's a rubber like, knife and he I can't do, kill himself with it. But I do like the idea <laughs> that twist. Paul has said that like, it's not, it, it could potentially be there for him not to kill himself.
3: Uh, I mean, we'll. There's nothing really we'll, to dive more into, but that was just out. something that I was definitely aware of
0: when I was seeing this. Yeah. the final comment I will make is that we learned that the name of The inn, or at least I learned, I don't remember if they said it before, is the Crescent, which is just a really fun callback to we learn, obviously, later on. Excuse me, Jesus. Excuse me again, Jesus. Um, Light, take me. Um, The (laughs) name of Lanfier is the daughter of the night she's also associated often with the moon so i just thought that was a nice little subtle obviously they made this up crescent. but it was just a nice name like what should we call the inn where she owns something to do with the moon the crescent i was like oh crescent moon i get it
3: and so, we're talking about that's what Logan tells her and then she goes searching in the town
0: yeah he also tells her that ran has much power as him but he fears it yeah
3: this is a fun little easter egg for those book readers out there when moraine's asking the guard and says like hey like, have you seen a redhead around here? I know this city specifically would take note of the redheads. And that's just yeah. a, that's just alluding to the IEL war that happened recently. I don't think that's I think I think Tom might have even brought it up in season one to Tom Maryland yeah. when they're talking we, about
0: I mean, the we get it from we get it from Errol. I have
1: always this is just an important city for that war in the past. I have kind of always wondered, like, how does he not stand out more like is well, he's bald now? Well, like. Yeah. Well, yeah so, I like, mean, I if you,
0: like. When he was walking to work the first time you see him, I guess, episode two, like people are taking a fairly wide berth of him as he's walking down the street.
1: Because I feel Obviously, like he
0: looks like a little dirty because he's from the four gate, but that's how I kind of took it as well.
1: I just feel like it would be just such an obvious thing, like his red hair, like it's just, yeah, but it, oh,
0: it's it is. It's a it, thing in the books all the time, too. Like, I get he.
1: I, I mean, I want? guess like what they're trying to make him look bald, but like to me, I guess I just can't unsee the red hair. And just as obvious. a non book reader, what
3: type of reaction would you expect people to give someone with red hair? It's not dragon related. Well,
1: I know from like Tom Marilyn's intro, like they literally just killed an Aiel just because they were scared of him, basically, or whatever it was. They like hung that one up and they just like killed him. And so I just, I automatically have an assumption that people are just racist towards Aiel. Okay.
3: Valid. That's just what I wanted to hear you say. But, <laughs> yeah, a lot. so I'm, like, I'm not that yeah, I, know, I wanted that's to hear the so reasoning of why you were saying that. I was <laughs> yeah, curious because yeah, no, like, I, so. I didn't know what you knew, but yeah, yeah that's that's, that's true. And especially in this city, which we may get more on yeah, later. It's, so it's I don't just, want to talk too much about it. But
1: yeah, I guess they're like they're doing, like for me, I guess it's just obvious again because we've seen it season one, the red hair, and even though his hair is supposed to be shaved down, like I feel still feel like I can see nodes of the orange, and I just feel like it would cause more issues. But they can yeah. they get the pass because he shaved his head sure okay
0: so paul mentioned the scene a little bit earlier just to quickly cover some more things that are in it this is moraine returning home pretty much not empty-handed she obviously had this stuff with game but she doesn't get the info she wanted out of rand or from the guard rather about rand i like how anvir pretty much tricks her into having this conversation she knows moraine's a little sneak and she kind of wins this little battle for her attention we get some information here some lore drops I can go over them if no one else has a take, but I guess we'll do takes and then I can cover sweep up any lore things, and then we'll move on.
1: I'm fine with you covering the lore. I'm honestly okay. kind of a little fuzzy on this.
0: Yeah. So we learn at this point that House Damadred, which is the house that they're from, that's their family house, had fallen on into ruin because of their uncle. So they don't name him here, but their uncle was actually the king of Kyrian. His name's King Laman. He was kind of the catalyst of the Io war that happened 20 years ago. They'll talk more about that, I'm sure, but that's kind of just a little bit where they're coming from. Moraine's family was royalty at some point. We do get, I believe, in episode one with the interaction with Swan, how she kind of implies, and I think it's actually when they're in the hall and she's getting sentenced or whatever, and Moraine like won't tell her why she's been out of the tower. And she's like, is it your noble blood or is it whatever? So that was kind of a callback to that as well. And then we learn that Anvir can't channel, obviously. But the other one it's going to be important, I'm sure that will come back, is that Anvir's son is now going to marry the queen. That is a change for sure from the books. Like I mentioned, I think last episode in the books, there's currently a king in Kyrian. Now there's a queen. We'll see what happens there. Um, And that's kind of it. I'm good. Cool. Yeah. Anvir obviously gets the upper hand here. We learn later that Moraine kind of falls into her demands and gets the information that she wants out of her younger sister. This, right.
2: um, this makes the scene from season one when they're in the room and Moraine's answering to the ambulance seat and somebody slips. I think it's Leanne. Leandrin was slipping in the line, oh, or you give her exception because of her royal blood or something like that. And the whole hall went,
0: oh, rabble, 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 rabble. Yeah, yeah, that because was a rebel that. rabble
2: moment. Yeah, so it, it kind of gives more weight and background to that line.
0: Yeah, and there's a little bit in here of, so she's kind of running away from their dad. Seems like their dad was kind of thinking that Moraine would come back and save the house. Does that mean be queen? Who can say? In the prequel book, that's a big part. Moraine is like worried that the Aes Sedai are going to use her to like just install an Aes Sedai onto the throne of Kyrian. Obviously, doesn't happen because Moraine's her own woman and does her own things. It is an independent mofo. Okay, so we're going to move now. This will just be all straight Rand. 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 Yeah, first go. scene opens up the aftermath of the fire. Classic Rand, good guy, is shoveling up the wreckage of Celine's inn in the crescent and Celine kind of invites him on a little vacation to a family cavern, cabin, not a cavern. He declines, obviously he has he's depressed Rand, he has his feelings, he doesn't want to be there. Obviously, he takes her up on it and they kind of walk up and have a little hike, little pit stop, they just have a conversation here. I want to talk about this conversation before we move on to like the OG or not the OG, but like the climax of this storyline. Just curious if this first conversation, if anyone has any thoughts about anything.
2: No, I I was struggling a little bit with some of it, like we said, lack of subtitles. Yeah, um, but I, I do want to bring up the fact that she yet again brought up her ex, and she was like, she he was the only one I ever loved, and. I kept thinking in my head, like, all right, who is it? And this was before I knew who the, who she really was. Yeah. So I was like, all right, it's some maybe it's somebody we know. Is it somebody from a while ago? I literally have. Is it Lan? <laughs> <laughs> because we know Lan fucks. And maybe Lan was like, oh, like just completely hypnotized Celine. So, but I I know I can't prove it, but in my notes right here. She says, like, if you want something, you have to take it. And I'll go. Is she a dark friend with question marks? Like, is she grooming him to like try to go somewhere because she was pulling him away into this like rural area? Um,
1: so
3: technically not a dark friend above that.
1: Yeah, no, I was wrong. Definitely, I wasn't thinking yeah. high enough.
0: Yeah, she transcends that for sure.
1: I mean, I was watching this with Alki, and like when she's talking about, oh, I had to, her boy ex boyfriend, whatever, and she's like, oh, he used to be so powerful too alky was already of course like you know saying Celine is a dark friend so i'm like okay maybe the ex was ishi and then yeah, yeah. i was like that's what i'm thinking but again i wasn't fully confident in that because i didn't know that Celine was a dark friend let alone a forsaken who's been around for x number of years so in my head i was like ah that probably wouldn't have worked out if she was you know locked away and she's only however old she's supposed to be in the show you know like 30 whatever um so but i did in my head kind of was like ah there's she's once she said powerful i was like it. It had to be Ishmael or the Dark One. That was you know who I was? At.
2: I was actually thinking that it was the that was the original dragon. That what was the original dragon. That would loose be... or yeah. whatever. I don't know why. Maybe that's why she turned evil because loose just I don't know. That but a that's sick name, loose. Dude, I was thinking that earlier <laughs> when you were saying like LTT. I was like uh, loose is great. That's how I take put...
0: notes anytime he gets brought up. LTT. So what i'm hearing from this conversation because we're going to require you guys to put one on the board here because we will find out who it is so oh. dave does it sound like you're a Shamayil?
1: fuck uh, i was not expecting this um i'll uh oh come on yeah, just yeah i'll throw just a take out there yeah, I'll, just for the stick to my, I'll just stick to what i originally thought and it being Ishi. Uh, like my other th- guess would be the dark one but i'll just stick with issue because that was my first one i'll go with loose I like that one. I really like Paul's too. That would be interesting.
3: Didn't know this was a scene that was released before the season came out. So like me, Kyle and Jimmy before our even book conversation podcast, we all were able to watch this. So I was already expecting this, but Paul brought up the best quote. If you want something, you have to take it. She looks amazing. That's the end of my takes for this.
0: Yeah. Second quote, just depressed ran, just feeding us this idea. The wheel never gives anyone what they want. Least of all me. So, (laughs) That's where Rand's at right now. Getting there his was, Gawain
2: on.
3: His, his yeah.
0: This is obviously just so different from the books of what's going on and everything. So there's really no need to compare. There was just a scene from the books that 100% has to happen. I thought it was going to happen right here. It's going to be interesting to see how they fit it in now. Um, it's obviously going to be changed up. But like we were like looking like through the countryside of like, are they going to give us the Easter egg? Are they going to give us the Easter egg? Uh, they didn't. So we'll see. And hopefully, I'll remember to just clicked
3: what you're talking about. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) how the hell is that gonna
1: happen? No idea, but hopefully, I remember this conversation when it does happen. Would you say you're more open to the idea of like being confident in them being able to cover their grounds with this?
0: Yeah, yeah, I I think it can happen. It doesn't have to happen the exact way it did, but if it does, I mean, it has to happen. It just
1: now it it can't happen. But you have confidence in them being able to pull it off, though, based off what you've seen through. Okay. okay i'll fucking
0: riot it's literally just leave yeah, it, it just yeah right, it's it's, right. it's whatever all right so after Celine makes rand a little less depressed with a little smoochy smoochy we're now sleeping under the stars you know what happens before that and now rand randomly quote-unquote randomly awakes in the middle of the night looks around is confronted by a fade he eventually dispatches said fade with the one power, and that causes a bit of a scene with Celine and him. I think I want to talk about this conversation before I'm sure we just are going to go balls to the wall about when they're actually in the cabin. There's just a lot of quotes here, just curious. And now I guess we can go over some quotes maybe if that's going to impact your guys' Celine X takes at all, but well, the floor is open.
2: Rand had the line, you know, you're the first person to see me as a man, and I don't want you to see me as a monster. That was great because she's like, oh, you shouldn't hide it like uh you know you just need to give someone a chance to love all of you you know yeah. who you are for you and you know she did freak out a little bit um as soon as she realized that the fire at her end was caused by ran but she, she recovers really quickly so I was like sketchy sketchy I was also thinking there's only one fade and we've seen fades travel by themselves before but then I was just also thinking of the moraine and land fight when there was you know three or four of them so I was like I'm expecting others and there wasn't so I was like all right celine and her name is land fear right yeah, got it man, fear. um because i was like she fears land that totally works there you go and she just called this fade over to just to be bait real quick it was like further further that diversion to so try that's to get him took it. tied up which i was thinking dude that's cloth he's the dragon reborn like what the fuck that's not gonna restrain him if you were actually trying to restrain him mm-hmm. if she was like going going out loud but that was i, I was nuts i don't know Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah just I, one thing voice. is i didn't wasn't in love with like
0: the animation i guess you could say cgi of the fade like burning in flames but i feel like the conversation we got immediately after made me pretty much forget about it but it was something that i just wrote down i feel like i have to have at least one criticism so there it is
3: and this is a really i mean the positive about the fade situation here and Rand just absolutely fucking him up was if you contrast that to ep- the end of episode i think it was episode two right it was the other fade attack Against marine and land, that was what well, episode one actually. Oh, that was episode one. Okay, yeah. so if you contrast it to that, it took multiple Isod to eyes with their waters to really be able to take out all those fades. When Rand kind of does what Ishi did and just kind of flicks this fade, like you could see the power discrepancy there. I think they could did a good job like that. The fact that Rand was able to channel so easily and just take them out shows you that. Like how powerful he is is what I'm trying to get at, and that was a good, good moment. And yeah, yeah. I, Paul, I think this was all part of landfear's plan to kind of just push them close together, get him to be vulnerable. And I thought Rand's acting here was really good. Like when he was admitting he's loving her, you, yeah. the tears
1: like were literally body language like, was fantastic. I think both yes. of them. I thought Celine was incredible too. Oh, dude, she's already I mean, that's she already that goes like, without yeah. saying. Yeah. She's great, Lizzie
3: Shelby. Lizzie, you know me, Lizzie. yeah, come on. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah.
3: Um, I just
0: one interesting things and I'm sorry to talk about again, Dave is you just. Paul mentioned it too. The fact that he pretty much says that he loves her, I think is going to be a thing. I feel like we all know the trope of the crazy ex-girlfriend. We'll see what kind of a level that Lanveer might be able to take that to. It seems like it might be quite high since she's such a powerful channeler. Just thought that that was um, just an important thing to call out for sure. She's I, like, you love me? Like, she like yeah. latched right on to that quote. And I was like, oh, this guy's in fucking yeah. trouble. Like, baby. Nah, <laughs>
2: got him. You, you got yeah. him.
3: He should yeah, have man, just leaned crazy. into the crazy. Come on. It could be his Jeanette.
0: Yeah. Uh,
2: the hot crazy scale. Yeah. <laughs> Vicky Mendoza diagonal.
3: If anybody gets <laughs> that time. reference, send us a message. You're getting a shirt. <laughs> yeah.
1: All right, Dave. Get those takes out. The only thing I had here was because I thought I had saw it last episode with him starting the fire but there were streaks of black in his i don't know if you guys caught it but i definitely was looking for it this time there were streaks of black in his uh weave of the the one power so i just i i, I like that they're slowly incorporating that and i feel like it was even more obvious here so it, it's kind of going into the the fact that like the more mad he is the more black his weaves are going to be and so I, I feel like they're doing a really good job of emphasizing mm-hmm. that a little bit so i know, don't
2: know how much uh, we can read into this but We've already seen him whenever he channels this season; it's fire, and we kind of know there's, you know, the different weaves to pull on, and fire is one of them. Correct? I'm not just making that up. Yep. So, I, I know we talked about this that the the men and the women's are different, but I don't know if you could like lean into the fact that you know Rand is extra like compatible with the fire aspect of this. I'll
3: say this now because it's this could also be what they're going for is how the you're right like the two powers are completely separate anytime someone that's a male in the books takes the power in versus a girl it's completely different how it's described like women just get like this like high on life feeling like everything's good they're connected with the life energy
0: floating in the river
3: men are it's like cocaine right like you're fight you have fire in your veins you're fighting to hold back this like just th- this just immense pressure of energy that's flowing through you and it's often described as like fire in your veins and like your blood so like that could be what they're going for is like the complete feel is different cuz sidine versus sidar the male versus the female powers are separate sources so it's one of the two and I, if it is them going for like how the book describes it, it is book accurate, so it's fine. But if it also is because like he just doesn't know how to pick the different types of strands and is just shooting out power, I think either answer is fine, and we're not going to really know until hindsight kicks in when we finish yeah. the season, maybe even season three, season four, when we get more male channelers or whatever. What happens? Like I don't know. I, I really don't know what they're going for because it's it's shitty that. It's something that we're paying attention to now because they brought attention to it with Egwene and Nynaeve's training scenes of the different colors. So it sucks because we're going to bring this up every time someone channels like we are, as we should. I just don't think we're going to have an answer for a while, but that's just my take
0: on it. In my opinion, it feels quite obvious that it's just that he doesn't, he has no idea that there are like separate weaves. He, like Egwene and, and Nynaeve didn't know this until they got to the tower. I think they're doing a good job of paralleling and contrasting their journeys with the power like gwayne's getting a very formal education in what the power does how it's made all that kind of stuff and Rand's just doing it on his own type of deal uh, men have the weaves the the earth the air the fire they it's just that mm-hmm. like, the fact that their source of the power comes from a different pool essentially is mm-hmm. the main difference that pool is corrupted so I, I think we'll get to a point where like it's going to be more obvious or specific that like rand is handling like he's combining an air and a fire weave or like water like he's going to be able to do that at some point just right now he literally has no teacher he doesn't it's all just like complete lashing out just like nine is i she's not using earth and fire and she's just bang it's just coming out so yeah
2: he's a heads witch is what you're trying to say pretty much yeah i mean
0: yeah in the utmost form yeah all right so climax of this episode for sure is we already read what the dark prophecy was at the top so i'm not really going to repeat it unless someone really wants to hear it again but i just love how they did the scenes of we have yvonne Maskim and alana reading the poem out loud yvonne knows the old tongue so he's reading it and it just is it's flipping back and forth between the scenes and she's tying him up and she's getting on top of him and she's whispering in his ear and then it just after he reads it, she just whispers in his ear like there's something you should know, Rand. I'm a monster too. And then it's just brr, and the music just changes and she starts the channel. You can see it like she's doing a little bit of hand stuff, and there's a little bit of like wisp of air you can barely see kind of going around her, and it just gets insane.
2: Yeah. That was that was a question that I had too. And not that you can give me the answer because I'm sure they'll they'll explain it further. But when she channeled, like you said, it didn't look exactly look the same. So I don't know if that was just, you know, what she was channeling or if she pulls on like a different power than the one power.
1: I'll quickly say I was taken it as like, that's what since Rand is so new to using the one power, like I, I was thinking like to from his perspective, like he could kind of see that she was channeling, but like he couldn't fully make it out. But that was just like how he I wouldn't took it. be able to see it even if he was fully aware of it. Oh, like guys can't, guys see, like, can't see. even it. if you can channel, like you can't, you can't see can't the waves. Yeah. And yeah. I, I can't remember now. Do other Isadi can other Isadi see other i weaves? Yeah, yeah. Women okay. can see
3: women. Men can see men. Okay. That's okay.
1: that's goes back to
3: the low gain thing too, where but potentially that, uh, he can you s- can only see the males that can channel. Then
1: I'll goes. say maybe it's because he's the dragon reborn. But go ahead, Paul. Sorry, I cut you off a little bit. That <laughs> he can see potent. both. Yeah, you can uh,
3: see maybe.
2: He's waiting for Landfear to just like bite his neck and make him bleed, and then just like. <laughs> put it all over her face and her body <laughs> yeah. because of you thought she'd you know, get recovered in blood <laughs> yeah because that was honestly really cool yeah.
3: so scary and badass like just flashing back to the intro scene for a second that was it's just i was so happy with the scene and when marine comes in and stabs her my fucking jaw was on the floor for like 30 seconds because and like it's not we're already there right like you can see at the very last clip is her starting to heal right is that what that was i guess so this was like she
0: opened her eyes for
3: me yeah she like moved or something like
1: Mm -hmm. it's so
3: obvious especially with moraine sprinting out like we got to go now that he didn't even expect to kill her right there but it was awesome but this is where my second nitpick comes in that i mentioned earlier is now we need to establish a way to kill forsaken which i don't think was something that ever needed to be established in the books because i think if you your throat slit your throat slit right? Kyle? That
0: was a problem that i had initially when i watched it and kind of on this i tried to look up like instances of like bodily injuries like this with like swords and stuff and it's just hard I, I, it's it's a huge spoiler i think otherwise it's just like really hard i i just don't I just don't know. Someone's going to have to comment on YouTube or email us or do it's something. Not on the best
3: situation because there's like, just you can feels tell
0: like she stabbed her through the heart, slit her throat. It's not like, I'm thinking of Jujutsu Kaisen where like I, cause I just finished it. And like, they have like a literally called, it's a technique that like you could heal yourself in revert and things. like I just don't remember an instance where like a forsaken gets stabbed through the heart and their throat slit and like, they're just chilling.
3: And for what it's worth, I would rather this weird healing mechanism that they might just have where we're going to have to explore this in the future. Who yeah. knows? They're going to do something. I prefer this than them prematurely killing Landfear, which is what I thought was oh, happening. I would and I was riot. ready to absolutely be done with this show if that yeah. happened. Like You have no idea how, qu- how negative my...
1: Yeah, it's it would have been for the rest of this podcast. I, I, I think it's wild that you even thought there was a chance she was like perma dead. Like Moraine stabs her. I'm it's just be, even like, it's because if this yeah. happens to you in the books, you do die. That's like the why we're saying this is
3: a weird change. That's,
0: yeah, at least my understanding of it. It's obviously been a while since I've read like the later books, so I mean, maybe it had But like in my knowledge, like you would be dead.
3: Yeah,
1: the only my only. I mean, obviously, again, I'm not a book reader. I have no yeah. idea what the logic is. But just for what it's worth, I guess. In the now that we're having this conversation i've like i didn't even think of these things as options like i just kind of took it as like okay she she, she was least. pierced twice and yeah she's just strong as fuck whatever but uh, now that we're having this conversation i'm kind of thinking of demon slayer like what if it's like you have to fully decapitate them and even in demon slayer like it's not even just as simple as decapitating them sometimes there are like workarounds to that yeah that to that flaw that you're able to be decapitated and still be alive at the same time so i'm with this all in mind, I'm kind of thinking. Uh, I just don't. Not know. that it will be as simple as like just beheading her, but like it would there's going to be a I feel like there's got to be a workaround in like, yeah, beheading gonna, has to work. There's going to be a way to do yeah, it. Beheading it just, need,
3: we didn't think there was going to be a need to establish something like this. I didn't even and it's fine. stabbed her in the heart. Either. Oh, yeah. Right. It, through oh, yeah. the heart I and thought It was just like her throat. in
1: the neck. Yeah. But well,
3: Let's extrapolate and take this out to the next step, which is now we know that if Lanfear can do this, Ishii can do this. So Ishii is essentially invincible until we find out a method of being able to deal with Forsaken. So oh, that's just something to think about. Like he can, Ishmael can walk into any fucking battle and just take it, sword the heart you know this this is the things that go through my mind when some a huge change like this happens that's just i don't maybe i'll like it when we look back on it but right now i'm a little like eh, i don't know I about like one that. Of the
1: classic weaknesses to immortality is either like decapitation or just like throwing their body into like fire or like lava or something like that
3: or the locking them away which is what or happened right that's away. the whole idea. i guess that plays into the idea of the seals and like all that stuff
2: too all right so do you guys like, are you upset at all? Or do you think that Moraine sneaking up and stabbing the strongest lieutenant? Like, she's not the you strongest. She, I thought they said she this nah, episode.
0: Shamael is. Is she's the strongest?
2: Okay, I she thought, says
0: she's the most dangerous.
2: Okay. I'm sorry. That's what they it are was.
0: making a distinction there. Just Lanphier is fucking insane. Basically,
3: Lanphier up there, but I don't think she's she's not number one.
0: Oh, yeah, okay. okay, okay. I, I think
2: it's more Lanphier. So in the moment. Yeah. With yeah. Banging and shit. Well, I yeah. think
1: she's, like, yeah, just willing to, like, is she, th- I feel like, is more thought out, whereas she she might be thought out, too, don't get me yeah. wrong, but... it was quite emotional. Exactly. Dangerous, just, it, it's very up in the air, you know?
2: I don't know. I just felt, like, them sneaking up behind real quick and just stabbing him, like, imagine if that did kill her. I'm like, hey, that... Like we wouldn't be
0: covering episode five, so this would be the end.
2: (laughs) I (laughs) I guess I was more than welcome
0: to watch.
3: Getting the jump on
2: her was so easy. I guess is what I was just trying to say. But a part of it too, opportune
3: is that. I think you, I don't know if it's necessarily explicit, like when you're embracing the power that you have like better hearing and shit, and, like you can see other things. I think it's assumed that you're just a higher human when you're doing it, but also she was going out of her way not to channel until that very moment. So she had no power in her as Moraine was seeking around until she's fucking riding Rand. So you can kind of, if you want to write it, retcon it in your head a little bit. I don't know. I it didn't bother me. Because, like, that's not really, like, a key part of having the ability and being strong is, like, sensing people.
1: Yeah. And maybe because she doesn't have access to the one power, she's, like, now invisible, you know, kind of like, yeah, yeah, that's just like yeah, yeah, that's actually a solid boy. Yeah, true. I mean,
0: Blanford would be able to sense the power in her
1: for sure.
3: If she rolled up, like, embracing and like ready to had, fight. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Moraine, yeah. Or Lanford would have known. So I think it's a little. Yeah. yeah her so working i think we're good um, on that piece I hope. yeah
1: <laughs>
0: i fucking can't wait for episode five that's mm-hmm. my take i think overall do we have any like overall general parting takes before i play us out
2: i fucking love this show
0: uh mvp lvp take. oh my god you're so right you're so right. I'm just, also, this, i just know thursday night football about that
3: yeah yeah, yeah sorry this uh, will be my last comment i'd like gonna, to bring this budget. up just to just to dave and paul like we're getting all these big characters and chess pieces put on the board we're finding more out about the powers like i'd like to remind you guys we are less than 13 percent through this story yeah. so we are still in the setup phase of the wheel of time show and and IP. So like, just keep that in mind because all these crazy twists you're like thinking about and getting, this is the setup. For mm. real, crazy for twists more. that are gonna happen. Yeah, exactly. yeah, like so, just keep you know. That's like something that gets me excited about this show is when we do get to the later seasons, like the equivalent of Game of Thrones season six, seven, eight. S tier, <laughs> yeah, that's that's <laughs> that's where the S tier conversation will happen. Uh,
2: the whole re- revealing of the Forsaken, it it gives like a whole like revealing of warlords aspect. If like to relate it to One Piece, mm. just it's so cool it's and something to look forward to. Anime
0: records have been on point.
2: Right. And so,
3: something you guys can constantly guess is that a forsaken, is that a dark friend, is that a red herring? Yeah.
1: Like it just makes the show so fun. Yeah, I I'll add another anime reference here. When we were talking about the whole like Egwene being the second to Nynaeve, like she's getting overshadowed, that that reminded me of Hunter x Hunter when uh, oh, awesome. Zushi, Gon, and Killua are kind of doing all their training, and their sensei looks at the young kid Zushi, and he's like. You know, Zushi, like you're one in one thousand power. Like you are fucking strong, but those two right there, mm-hmm. they're one in a million. Yeah. And that's just like, Got oh, it. chills right now. And that's just <laughs> how I'm feeling about Nynaeve and Egwene. But yeah, yeah, man, I this show has been fucking incredible. Like, I've this season is easily already to me better than season one. Like, I don't even care what happens in these next four episodes. I just feel like the action and content that we've been getting in these four episodes already made me love this season more than season one. And I that's loved fair. season one too. So. Keep it coming, man. Keep it coming. Yeah, I'll two go first. Are
0: that oh, well? Sure. My parting shots, bro. The first one's gonna be that has to be the first Zushi Zushi-Gwain comparison that's ever <laughs> been made in the history of the world. <laughs> Probably, so I hope so. Should yeah, we'll print up a plaque for you or something for that one. <laughs> and then the second one is that I'm feeling fantastic about the show at the moment. I'm just letting the changes wash over me. It's to a point where like they've made the changes in episode 1 essentially and now we're getting like they we're farther down the storyline from the changes so like I'm more accepting I feel like of like things like Ran and Lanfear story changing because nice. it's been episodes of it now and it's not been really bad content to me it's different content doesn't mean it's bad content the only thing I'm cautious about is that obviously in, in my opinion I thought episodes 1 through 4 of season 1 were the best four episodes or you know rather even just the first half of the season was way better than the second half of the season so that thought is still kind of doing the percolator a little bit in my head Mm -hmm. so we'll see what they have for us in episodes five six seven and eight but obviously we'll be here to cover it all and we'll be moving on now to paul going first
2: yeah i went first last time and i'm going again first this time and you know what i'm keeping my same mvp it's a lies i mean pound for pound the amount of screen time and the amount of info and just like coolness nonchalantness that we get off of him is great so i'm definitely looking forward oh i don't know i guess i'd say i'm looking forward to him the most on screen but i could say that i I could say that apparently I'm, i'm liking that story a lot now um and lvp i'll do what i did last week and do uno because he didn't get any screen time this week
0: oh you're a fucking dirty guy
2: <laughs> i don't Take know a, i'm just mad while they he's killed down.
0: him yeah kicking him while he's fucking
1: yeah. down. and it's a
3: testament that the no lvp stuck out to you no actual lvp yeah
1: that's it too, yeah. true. too true everyone had a good character arc for yeah. you this episode i'll go last because i feel like i've been going early on in the, the past three so
0: me sounds sure. like me yeah go ahead. <laughs> I'm, i feel like i'm always prepared with like a, a Fourth tier character for both because I'm always assuming I'll go last. So
3: um I will take MVP as Lanfear because I love her and I don't need to explain it anymore. Just kidding. She's amazing. And she was her intro origin scene of breaking out of the seal is something that's gonna stick with me for a while. Just like that quick, horrifying moment just really just sets you up for how crazy, like powerful and important she's gonna be. So I love Lanfear and I'm happy I don't have to say Celine anymore. I won't mix that up or spoil that. LVP. Just because I don't think it's ever been uttered this season, and I think this is, might be my... Eh, that's not true. I'm just going to say Leandrin. She's mostly been an MVP this season, and it's Leandrin specifically for what she's doing to the plot. Nothing against her character, because, again, she's been amazing. It's just she sandbagged our girls in the White yeah, Tower, yeah. so she's taken the LVP, because it's been hard to not give her MVP every every episode. So, mm.
0: yeah. Oh, man. LVP's hard. MVP is hard, too. I, I was prepared to go Yvonne, but I think now that I'm going, oh man, uh, I'm going to pick Yvonne. I was going to pick a lane, but I'll pick Yvonne just because I just really like his character. I thought him and land's conversation was great. He doesn't get an and Shout out to him for knowing the old tongue and reading the poem so that they knew what it was. And he played a big role in the land reveal low key, big role in the land reveal. So I'll give him his kudos and his flowers for that. And then LVP, is going to be the warder who tried to hit on Nynaeve.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: Try hey, to make, in- I respect game a little bit but not the time guy, not the time <laughs> guy
1: all right let's do mine we're gonna double down on the second forsaken mvp of this episode we're gonna give it to fucking ishi baby i just... knew you wanted that <laughs> i just fucking love this guy how can we not give it to the mover a plot stealer of scenes <laughs> come on this guy is the man i don't care that he's evil he's the fucking man he's mvp and then lvp this one is tough i don't like saying the name that i'm about to say but we'll give it to Rand. just for being a little incompetent, just little trusting, boy. yeah, trusting Celine to not <laughs> be a dark you. friend. Yeah, come on. You're falling for it. You know, <laughs> yeah. I fell it. You wouldn't have for I mean, I it? I mean, I definitely felt But I'm going to give it to him because yeah. uh, I just really have no one else to give it to. So yeah, that'll be my answer. ran. Rand
0: nothing ever works out for me
1: yeah that's right. there's
3: no moraine
0: lvp
2: shut so, up
1: brand blood and ashes
0: yeah you're the most powerful person in the world boohoo um <laughs> so how about so we did it in episode one just curious now i don't have them written but we did our top three characters in mm-hmm. episode one so just curious halfway through the season we'll just bang them out now and then at the end uh, in episode eight, I'll try to remember <laughs> what we said in episode one, so it's more of like a journey. I just don't remember what we all said.
1: Number one, easily, Egwene. Just I just thought, yeah, I thought I'd throw a curveball at these people. Nah, it's easily issue number one, <laughs> and then number two, we'll give it to Lan. I think that's pretty consistent still with what I said at the end of episode one. I, I actually don't think I gave them an order, but now I'm willing to put them in order. Issue one, Lan two, uh, number three. This might be a this might be another curveball for listeners, but <laughs> the return of Loghain, baby. I just I forgot about him after season one. Wow, his okay. introductions, his his scenes here have just been incredible. I fucking love Loghain. We'll give it to three. We'll give it to him. All for right, three. just reverse order. So Kyle, oh shit. Okay, I
0: will take. I'm gonna agree. Obviously, this is show only. So I'm gonna say Shamil is my favorite character at the moment. Number two is going to be. Oh, I'll take a lane number two because that's baby girl. Ooh. And then number three is going to be. Oh, man, this is a tough one. Are you one. kidding me? Is This is blasphemous for you not to have an obvious number three. I'm Probably. just like, I'm I'm trying not to let the books, but I'm just going to say parent because yeah. he's that dude. Oh, I thought you were going to say Rand. No, but I learned, is, yeah. He's going to get a parent
3: tattoo one day. He's like, I'm <laughs> shocked that he wasn't. Up there All right. So uh, Rand, far and away, always number one, never won't be number one. Uh, Ishi is actually two who I didn't have in my top three. And then Moraine three. I forget who I cut out but brand ishy marine i just love too much Moraine is the perfect fantasy archetype for me so and i like her a lot and what's to come is going to be great for her so you've
0: been enjoying this season two Moraine?
3: no not really but like i i liked her a lot in season one and that still carries over so even okay, without fine. the book knowledge like she's great so
2: all right pal i'm going off of like whose storyline i want to see pop up on the screen the most i guess i like that so that being said I guess I'm going parent because him and Elias I ow, ow. like I would pick Elias but like I think Perrin's gonna be more interesting like he's already more interesting yeah dude falling leaf you kidding me that, that dude's a beast <laughs> falling uh, leaf. wife killer do, you mean <laughs> yeah killer of wives <laughs> um and then for two, and it's funny because you guys kind of m- made a joke about it, but I want to go with Gwaine because I really think she's like super powerful and I'm really excited to see what she can do from a technical aspect or technical uh, point of view because like the technical aspect is what she's good at, not the raw yeah. power. So I really like Gwen and what she's doing, especially with a pairing with Elaine. And then three, I'm going land because I just love land. I mean, he hasn't done anything wrong in my eyes yet. Moraine's just shitting on him, and he's just kind of riding it out, still toughing it out, doing way better than everybody thought. So you know, land for three.
3: Mm, you All know, right. I just, that's, I just, sorry, I just remember Pot on Fame was in both of me and Dave. I was gone to now. too. Yeah, I mean, he,
0: yeah. the lack of screen
1: time's yeah, hurt that, you. I think I, I, I think I even said that happened. in episode yeah. one. I, I won't even, I'm not going to say never mind. <laughs> Go Yeah, ahead. you're good. No, but no, it's just, I was it's, to it's
0: fun to watch it ebb and float throughout. We'll be back, obviously, with the finale episode to kind of, I guess, our at-that-point rankings, as they always will be. Shamil is obviously, seems like the number one character since he was two number ones and number two. Didn't squeak into Paul's top three, but obviously we're loving what he's bringing to the table. I'm just going to shout out the fact that Perrin is tied for second of our favorite characters so shout out to paul for joining the bandwagon and shout out to everyone that's listening right now you've made it i don't even know two hours it's going to be close we'll see what happens when we cut it down uh one of our longer episodes a little bit unexpected in my opinion but i had a great time chatting i feel like we did a lot of good theory crafting and kind of questioning and talking about what's to come so that's honestly the most fun that i have So I hope everyone's listening, had a good time as well. If you want to keep up with us, the best way to keep up is just going to be subscribe. Um, We're not really on a set schedule when we release these things. We try to just fit in recordings and editing and releases as our real day jobs and lives allow. So the best way to keep up with all the episodes is definitely just subscribing. We've been loving all of the YouTube comments. I'm sure no one's listening at this point, but if you are, drop more comments. We love chatting with you guys. And then following us on X at TV. And then the discord the link will be in the bio and uh yeah we're covering one piece live action we made dropped a lot of anime things in here jujutsu kaisen we're also covering and if you're still listening sheesh
3: <laughs>
0: thanks for listening we're finished on <laughs> tv love you guys dun, 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 dun. <laughs> okay dun, dun.
1: you're listening to the Geekscape network